This is Got Marketing, a fad-free, fluff-free, no-nonsense podcast for marketers looking to work smarter. I'm your host, Mia Feilman, a marketing strategist with over two decades of experience and an entrepreneur. I'm tired of marketers telling you what you want to hear. Instead, I tell you what you need to hear. During the show, I chat with creatives and strategists about all the aspects of marketing, but especially marketing campaigns. Unpacking and dissecting marketing campaigns is what I do for fun. Got Marketing is brought to you by Campaign Del Mar, the marketing education platform where marketers and entrepreneurs go to upskill. Let's dive in, shall we? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Got Marketing Show. I'm your host, Mia Feilman, and today we are going to talk about what success means to you because, spoiler alert, money is not everything. And to have this conversation out today, I've invited one of my dear business friends onto the show. Her name is Christy Denuzzo, and she helps new product-based brands ditch the social media grind and go from fumbling around to mastering their marketing and growing their online stores. So I'm super excited to have her here. Welcome onto the show, Christy. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited. So I want to share with the listeners today our Meet Cute because we've known each other now almost as long as I've been running Campaign Delma. So like you were sort of one of the first people that popped up when I launched Campaign Delma three years ago and we've sort of been running alongside each other and then I don't know who made the first sort of outreach as a, Hey, can we please be business besties? (laughs) I don't know if it was me or if it was you, but now three years on, we have this really cool thing happening. Well, I think it's really cool. It is. is. Where we are each other's peer coaches. And so what that looks like is we get together each month for an hour and one of us holds the floor for 30 minutes and we just vent, unload, talk about what is happening, our challenges, and then the other person helps and then we swap. And it has been chef's kiss for me. Absolute (laughs) chef's kiss. A hundred percent. I love catching up with you. And I feel like we just connect on so many levels when it comes to business. We're such strategic minds and we drive everything from a strategic point of view. So yeah, I love our monthly catch-ups. Me too. And it's interesting that it's two marketers and not a marketer and a, you know, finance expert or a marketer and a publicist. I do have that with Odette and co-publicists, but sometimes you absolutely just need another marketer because, and I say this all the time, you cannot be objective about your own marketing. You cannot see the forest from the trees. And I have made some absolute whoppers in the last three years, which could have been so easily avoided if I'd listened to you. But I'm, we're here now. We've arrived now. <laughs> we have. We have. Yeah. And I always say to all my clients and students that it's difficult to see the picture when you're in the frame. So getting that outside opinion that's a trusted opinion, that's a sound opinion is just so important when you're flying solo. Yes. So, 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 so true. 
Okay, so let's dive in to this conversation today because we're going to talk about a few different things. Absolutely, I want to talk about what success means to you. But before we get into that, I want to talk about niching because this is something that we get a lot of questions about. And I'm really sorry if anyone can hear this obnoxious techno music that is coming from next door. I do not know what they're doing in the middle of the day, but we're just going to have that as some beats underpinning this chat. So Christy, are the riches in the niches? Look, I know a lot of large corporate brands who market to everybody and are successful. I don't like to really say to small business owners that they should be niching down and but reality is that if you don't have a corporate budget and can market all the different things to a very wide pool of people, then it's going to be very hard to catch the fish. So I do believe that the narrow you can go, the better, because it just means from a small business point of view, you're really clear on who you want to be targeting. So therefore, all of your brand strategy is really aligning to that person. So if you don't have the budget to be talking to everybody like the corporates do, then the biggest tip would be to try to niche down what I call the three layers of the onion. So you really want to go start broad, but then you want to be niching down at least three layers. And that's really the sweet spot between talking to say mums, 35 who live in Australia to really getting to know the psychographics and the behaviors behind that person that you do want to target. Because like you have heard a thousand times, brand strategy drives all of your marketing. And a part of that brand strategy work is really getting to deeply understand who you want to target. And then once you do that, it will drive all of your marketing. So yes, I do believe startup brands or small business owners, it's so important to niche down purely because it makes it easier for you to market. Okay. I've got questions. So can you give us an example of what you mean by the three onion layers? Yes. So where I find a lot of brands start is the demographics, right? So, and the thing with the demographics is that the demographics do not help you market. (laughs) It's just age. It's whether or not they're male or female, you know, it's how much money they're making. And In a practical marketing sense, that gives you zero leverage on actually how to target your messaging and how to attract your ideal person. So that would be the first layer. The second layer is going a little bit deeper and touching into those psychographics. So it might be that you are targeting mums between... I don't know, 25 to 45, they have only got one child and you're niching down a second layer by really positioning yourself within the market. So that could be that you have affordable, say, makeup or you're a luxe brand. So you're really positioning yourself within the market and you're niching a further layer on who it is that you want to target. 
And then the third layer is really getting into the pain points. So what exactly are the pain points with this particular person when it comes to your product or your service? So when you get down to those psychographics, it's really where the magic can happen because that's where all your marketing is actually going to stem from. I do hear a lot of the times that brands just don't know how to find these psychographics or they've got the demographics, but they just don't know how to actually find what the pain, the pain points are. In nine times out of 10 cases, you are your ideal person. So if you don't have the time to go off and jump on calls or ask people that you know of that might have a similar problem, then start with you because nine times out of 10, you are the person that you're trying to attract and really get into to the pain points, what your product or service is actually solving to take them away from that pain and put them into future pacing, what it looks like once they've experienced your product and your service. Oh, totally, completely agree. It's a really good book I recommend actually. It's called We Are All the Same Age Now and it's by David Allison and he talks about value graphics as opposed to demographics, which as you said, and I completely agree, are essentially useless today. And it's all about making sure that you group your customers or your ideal customers by their values rather than their demographics. Because, you know, what difference does it make if someone is 35 or 55? If they share the same values, then you can bring them together under your brand. A hundred percent. And I do talk a lot about values being a point of difference. I shared an example of a toilet paper brand, but the way that they are marketing it is all around attracting the dog lover. So someone who values dogs and 50% of their profit goes to the RSPCA. So they are purely attracting people to buy this toilet paper based off of their values alone. And that's how they've been able to stand out. Yeah. And honestly, that's what I use as well. I'm, I'm all about ethical marketing values. I'm, you know, I'm for those customers who can see through the BS and who can see through the false promises and the income claims and the success porn and who want to be spoken to transparently and not be fed lies. And there's a lot of them out there. <laughs> so Okay. So tell me about your niche because you've actually chosen to specialize on product-based businesses and e-commerce-based businesses, whereas most of our customers tend to be service-based, which means that there's this great ability for you and I to help each other without overlapping. But why? Why did you choose to niche on e-com? Yeah, well, my background is that. (laughs) So although my corporate role was marketing, I have actually built my own brand and I feel that it's a very different space. Service base, that's where I am now, right? But Previously, I was living and breathing my product-based brand and I was able to build that to multiple six figures and I still do have that brand and we'll talk about that next. But it really allowed me to go, wow, okay, service and product-based businesses, two completely different marketing strategies. And I wanted to niche down to product-based brands because that's 
where I've been. I've been in their shoes and it was my background. And I also only focus on helping early stage product-based brands purely because 60% of businesses do not make it past the three-year mark. And it's even worse at the five-year mark. And I'd much prefer to help people in the messy beginnings than to help them really scale and, and, you know, take it to that million dollar mark. My sweet spot is between startup and 500,000. Beyond that, it's a completely different market. It's a completely different way of living and taking your business from 500,000 to a million dollars needs a different level of effort from you as the business person, but also from a marketing point of view. So I really like to focus on, you know, launching to that first 500,000. And normally that's working with product-based brands within the first three years of business. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So you could have scaled your business to million dollars plus. Why didn't you? Okay, so this is going to get deep So, because I'm that type of person. I don't just fluff around. But the truth be told is that when I started, well, when I became a mother to my firstborn son and I started my e-com brand, it completely changed who I was. Before I had a child, I was in the corporate marketing role. I was directing straight into the CEO of a multi-million national brand and I was addicted. I loved my life. I had my partner and we spent the weekends together, but my life Monday to Friday was I lived and breathed marketing for this CEO and I was addicted. I loved it. And as a result, my whole identity was surrounded by what I did, not who I was. So when I had my firstborn, it completely put me into the unknown. I didn't know who I was without my job and it put me into a complete spin And then within six months of having my firstborn, I actually started my e-com brand. And then I got my identity back. I felt like, yes, I now know what I want to do. I'm not just that mother, although there is absolutely nothing wrong with that, but that wasn't me. And I needed my I needed to find myself beyond where I was with my firstborn. So I started my business. It took over my life and I loved it. Again, I've got a very addictive personality. So when the blinkers go on, they go on. And for the first three years, I lived it and breathed it while raising my son. And I was in my happy place. I absolutely loved it. The business was growing. It quickly went from 5K months to 10K months and then on to multiple six figures. And I was living my life. At that time, I did have balance. I really did. I truly do believe that your business should give you the lifestyle that you want. If it's not, then fix it. 
basically, because you can go off and work for somebody else and be grinding away with less stress and less worry. If you want to continue to have a business, make sure it's working for what you want out of your life. So within that period, my business was definitely serving me, but it came to a point where I was around that $400,000 mark. I was probably in my fourth year, I think. And I said, okay, this is getting boring. (laughs) What am I doing? What is next? What is that next challenge? And I was forever searching for that next challenge. And I said, okay, well, Christy, it's your chance now. You're getting bored. You need to scale it. Or what is the next adventure for you? And for me to scale, and every product-based business is going to be different, much easier to scale a service-based brand if you did want to still stay within your home. But for an e-commerce brand, for me personally, the next level was a warehouse. It was buying another $30,000 printer, possibly two printers. It was having to get more staff. And the ego in me wanted that when I was growing the business because I had a point to prove. I was not your mum staying at home doing a hobby. And it was all ego driven. And let me say, I needed to go to therapy to really work this this all out because it was not an easy time for me because it was very ego driven. And I was trying to prove to people that just because I'm a mum now, I can still have it all and have more than what I had. And that's a very dangerous place to be in if you're trying to prove things. So I actually had to sit with myself for quite a while and say, is that actually what I want? If I wanted that, I would have been attached to the warehouse. I would have been attached to having to manage staff. And yes, I would be getting more money from it, but the expenses might have meant that I would have been bringing in just as much profit working from home with working three days a week, feeling relaxed, feeling happy and not feeling that pressure. Because once you scale, it's not just scaling and ticking the box and saying, well, you're at 600,000, 700,000, a million dollars. You then have to maintain that And that is extremely draining because your expenses are so much more. And once you hit that million, and I'm not saying if you don't want to reach a million bucks or beyond or build a global business, if that's what you want, then go off and get it. But this is my own personal experience and what I've seen coaching people is that, and even when I was working with the CEO, it's a grind. It can really be a grind once you get over that 500,000 million to 2 million. It can be total burnout if you aren't really strict on making sure that your lifestyle, your time and, and your family always comes first. So I did a 360 on what I thought I wanted and actually thought, well, you know what, I'm actually going to scale back the business. And in between that period, I actually had family and friends coming to me wanting to find out how I did it. And it was literally, I fell into this role. And a lot of people say, you have so much passion for startups because I just love it. I love building something from nothing. And I get to live that every single day through my clients and through my students. And that's really where my happy place is now. 
First of all, I just want to say thank you for a really honest conversation, which is really nice. It's very refreshing to have someone just come out here and be vulnerable and and to talk about that. And also so relatable. There is so much ego nonsense that I deal with all the time. You know, for similar reasons, I had this great corporate background working for L'Oreal and agencies. And then, you know, I married a very sexy helicopter pilot, but it took me to regional Australia, which is where I've been for the last 11 years. And there's this real chip on my shoulder and dealing with all those demons on top of everything else. So it's really, really good to have this conversation. And I think I completely agree that like money is not the only motivator there. And I still feel, and I know I'm going to jump back on this bandwagon, I just still feel so angry at the gurus and the seven figure megaphoners who've made people believe that all the problems in your life go away when you scale your business. You know, if you stop trading time for money and you launch an online course or, you know, whatever, Everything just magically disappears and you spend four hours a week working and the rest of the time you're sipping martinis on a beach in the Bahamas, which is absolutely could not be more fucking not true. There's probably like five people in the world who do that and they've written books about it and, you know, that that we know who they are and then that's, everybody else is aspiring to an unattainable ideal. And that is not the reality. And I just want to say, and I've I've done posts about this, that if you are an entrepreneur who is a mum, you are not running the same race as an entrepreneur who is not a mum. Okay. You are not. Do not compare yourself. You are not. Like it is chalk and absolute cheese. Like I know business owners without kids who are putting in 70 hours a week and I can't even imagine what that would look like for me with kids. Like, you know, basically just never sleeping. <laughs> yeah. And I feel that I, like my heart breaks for, like you say it all the time on Facebook groups, how women are grinding away and they're missing out on life. Mm. And to me, I don't even believe that sacrificing one, two or three years of your life is worth it to quote and unquote set you up for life because it might work, it might not. I'm, I'm not the type of person that wants to sacrifice. And I, if we go back to my example, I could have scaled to a million. I could have sacrificed one or two years to take the business to that next level and be at the warehouse 24-7. Or I could have outsourced the picking and packing and got another company to do that. There would have been many other ways to do it, which I could have explored. But I guess I was fed up with living my day to day at a hundred percent. I really like, could I do it? Yes. Did I want to do it? Half of me at that time said, yes, like I've got something to prove, like I have to do it. And then the reality, the real me came out and said, Christy, you don't want to be going a hundred percent. What is the point? What is the point of having mental capacity of running at a hundred percent? And my um, therapist said to me, which I always say in the back of my head, when I get a new shiny thing that pops up, my therapist said, Christy, there is power in knowing that you can, but you choose not to. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Gut Marketing is brought to you by Campaign Del Mar, a marketing education platform for entrepreneurs. Master the fundamentals of marketing, nail your email marketing strategy, or join my signature program, Campaign Classroom, and learn how to create killer marketing campaigns. These are not the kind of online programs where you are left floundering, unsure how to put theory into practice. Nor will these programs sit unfinished for months. You can expect accountability, a supportive community, and to walk away with practical, real-world marketing skills. Learn more at campaigndelmar.com. So what does success look like for you then? And I have my thoughts, but I'd love to hear yours. So if it's not scaling your business to a million dollars, what does that actually mean? For me, it's being able to live the lifestyle that I want. As soon as business takes over, or I know a lot of women who can really grind away and come home and be happy chappy, right? That is not me. I carry stress. I'm I'm a very snappy mother. I'm a terrible wife when I am stressed, when I have taken on too much. And it's fine to take on too much for a month or two because you're in that season, 100%. But long term, it grinds away at you, especially grinded away at me. And when I was building my product-based business, I actually thought I had it pretty good. But looking back, I was rushing the kids to bed because I was so stressed because I still had to be packing the orders. And I look back at that time and I go, gosh, I wish I didn't put so much stress on my shoulders. There was absolutely no reason to do that other than to get more money. And as soon as your business or whatever it is, starts to take away from the way that you want to live your life on the daily. I'm not talking about how you want to live your life in five years time. If you're not happy in your day-to-day life or you're you're running at 100%, to me, that's not success. To me, success is waking up, loving what you're doing, Is the money coming in to be able to give you what you're wanting from a goals point of view? And maybe that could just be a side hustle money gig for now, right? And that's totally fine if that's what you want. But being very clear on what you're wanting out of your business and if you're living your life on the daily how you want to live it and you're not worrying about money, to me, that is what success means. Oh, I agree. For me, it's starting every day with yoga, which it's not only yoga. I also go to the gym, but seven days a week, I exercise first thing in the morning and I actually don't start work until 11 a.m. And when people hear that, they're like, oh my gosh. Okay. Yes, of course, it means that I sometimes work evenings and I almost always work weekends because I choose to, because I find it's actually a really great time where there's no emails, there's no social media notifications. The kids are in the pool and I can just do something creative, like, you know, write an article is generally what I would do. But yeah, it's starting every day at at 11 a.m. It's also, I take my kids to gymnastics every Thursday and I'm planning on going to Greece for a month next year. And I find that that quarter of a million dollars is really that sweet spot for me. It's like I have two employees plus me. It's enough money for everyone. There's plenty of money to, you know, go round. And exactly like you said, it's not very stressful. (laughs) 
So I think that that's very key because stress is life limiting, right? And but what's the point? Like, what is the point? If growing your business and scaling your business to 500,000 to a million dollars is going to give you the lifestyle that you want, then go and get that. But if what you're doing is not yielding change for the better, being able to free up your schedule to be able to go pick up the kids or, you know, start at 11 a.m. And can I just say, Thank God. I think that's why we gel just so much is because I am not a morning person and I don't start my day till 11am because I don't get going mentally until around that time. And yeah, it does mean that you have to, you know, maybe do a a few things at night, but I'm okay with that because that's when I work and it's that flexibility that we all want and it's just being able to harness that flexibility so you're not constantly working because it's hard to do that without that accountability without that deadline so yeah I'm glad to hear you two are not a morning person from a working point of view because my brain just all fog by the time I wake up plus there's the kids plus it's getting them to school like I'm exhausted just doing that <laughs> I also feel like it's like a bicep curl for my brain to go and do sport in the morning And not only can I justify the health benefits of it, but I can justify the creativity benefits for it. So like every single great campaign idea I have had, I've had on a walk, in a headstand at yoga, inverted on a chair, you know, doing a backbend where I'm really just like I have switched off my executive mode network. I'm not thinking about tasks and deadlines and to-do lists and I'm just literally you know, sprawled out on the floor of a yoga studio and then bang, the idea pops into my brain and that works really well for me, really. Yeah, it's that circuit breaker. It's being able to break away and let your brain think. And I think digital screens are so limiting for your brain to actually come up with really creative ways of thinking like it's just like those breakout rooms that you have in agencies and stuff right they're there for an actual reason so you can break away from the desk and really think beyond just the day-to-day yeah I find those a bit lame though it's like they're trying to make it like that but it's still a corporate office sitting under fluorescent lights (laughs) and you still have to be there between eight 15 and five o'clock and everyone's still watching you and you have to sort of dress a certain way and you can't be mindless scrolling on social media, even though sometimes that is a great circuit breaker. So I feel like it's like, it's the very poor cousin to entrepreneurship where you can literally do all of those things that I mentioned and no one looks at you funny. Like, are you actually working right now? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My favorite is going for afternoon beach walks. Like I love watching the sunset because especially when you work for yourself, it's so important to have a routine. I have the same types of colored clothing and I put that on almost every single day, different colors because I don't have the capacity to be thinking about what I have to wear, but, but also it sets me up to work. But when it comes to winding down after the workday has gone, I need that circuit breaker. A lot of people would be driving home and that's how the 
you know, finishing up their day and their brain switches over. So I need to go for my afternoon walk to actually make that happen so that I kind of signal the day has finished. It's time to go into mum mode, dinner, do all that stuff. How very Steve Jobs of you with the outfits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I've always lived in a uniformed world. So yeah, to me, it's just one less brain calorie I have to burn. (laughs) (laughs) All right. One last question. And sorry, it's probably a big one that we'll spend 10 minutes talking about. Last time we got on one of our peer coaching calls, I really loved what you said about making sure that what you're offering is an easy sell. And this really stuck with me actually, because I have a 10 week online program and I'm like, I don't think that's an easy sell. And so I really want to unpack this with you. How do you know if your offer is an easy sell or not? And how do you make it more of an easy sell? Because you're so right. Like if you are trying to sell something that is not an easy sell, then you're going to be pushing shit uphill, right? hundred percent. And I think it works both for service-based and product-based businesses, but in the product-based world, I see so many disheartened clients and students because the products are just not selling and no amount of marketing is actually going to fix that. Can you sprinkle some glitter on the turd? A hundred percent. You can, but why not find a product that is an easy sell? And what I mean by that is that you literally do minimal marketing and it sells. People just want it. And that's how my e-com brand ran at the very, very start, I would post into Facebook groups and I would sell thousands just out of Facebook groups. I would have people lining up outside my front gate to pick up their orders from one social media post. And has social media changed? Yes, it has, but the principle is still there. You still see people post into Facebook groups and it it sells like that, just an instant sell. And it's okay to let go of products or offers that do not serve you. If you're really hearing crickets or it's a struggle, yeah, it could be a marking problem, 100%. Could there be things that we change from a messaging point of view? Yes, there's lots of things that we can be doing if you honestly feel and the data proves that you actually have a product that people want. But I feel like a lot of people stop at, okay, this is a complete fail because I don't have the product or the offer right, I'm just going to shut up shop. But when it comes to making sure that you have a product or service that people want, it's really about experimenting. It's not giving up on that first offer or that first product or that range that that you've just launched. Just because that range or that service is not selling the best it can be. Like I said, there's lots that we can do from a marketing point of view, but 
don't be afraid to experiment with new things and don't feel attachment to it. Because if you feel attachment to your products or to your services, that's when you drive your business from an emotional side of things. And we don't want to drive your business from an emotional side of things. It needs to be data driven. It needs to be black and white. And if it's just not selling, it's time to simply experiment and see what is working. I have worked with clients who are onto their fifth brand because they've tried this, they've tried that, they've tried that. And now they're finally onto a winning combination. So it's, and you would know this, but marketing put very simply is the right product at the right time to the right people. So if you get that combination right, that's what an easy sell product is. Yeah. And from a service-based perspective, what I will say is that, and I have made this mistake recently, and I'm telling you this from a, a position of direct experience, that it doesn't matter how valuable you think something is and how worthwhile it is and like, oh, but people absolutely need to have this. If they do not want it, you cannot ram it down their throats. And I experienced this with my marketing foundations program where I wanted to teach people the fundamentals of marketing and early stage founders did not want my steaming pile of vegetables. They wanted refined white sugar and learn how to make TikTok videos and reels and no amount of fear from my part to tell them that like, if you don't get the foundations right, you're not going to set your business up for success was actually working because they just didn't want it. And there needs to be a a demand for your products or services. (laughs) Yeah. And and I think that's why social media gurus have so much success because they're selling the drug. Mm. They're like selling the easy sell. You don't have to convince people to buy a reels course or a social media course because they're already problem aware. They already know that they need to focus on social media because that's what so many people have told them, that social media, just get your content right, just master reels. But really, we all know as marketers that that's just the icing on a really well-baked cake. And yeah, you can try and sprinkle all the things on that cake and people still only want the icing. So it really is important that if you do have a, you know, a fundamentals type program, right, that you are actually selling what they want so that in the back end, they're in and then you sell them what they need. If you're really focused on keeping that product or that service, but it's really about getting them interested in what you have to offer and then selling the drug and then what they actually need is what your program is. Yeah, you're not wrong, actually. Like a lot of these Reels courses, when you actually enroll, they do actually teach you some fundamentals of marketing. That's right, ideal customer and the branding colors. And so they're selling what people want. They're dangling the carrot. And in the back end, it's all that fundamental. So there definitely is ways around it. It's just a matter of spinning your marketing to talk to what they're wanting and where your ideal person is currently at. And then once they're in, then that's when you give them the vegetables. Totally. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure, Christy. Thank you so, 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 so much. How can people find out more about what you offer? 
Yeah, sure. So best place to find me is on Instagram at the startup sisterhood. I also have a free 30 minute marketing training for product-based brands. It will show you how to master your marketing without the social media grind and grow your online store with confidence and a plan. You can get that at the startup sisterhood.com.au forward slash free training, or you can also find it over on Instagram. Great. We'll link that in the show notes for today. So thank you once again for your time and all those incredible wisdom bombs. No worries. Thank you for having me. Thank you. You listened right up until the end. So why not hit that subscribe button and keep the good marketing rolling? Podcast reviews are like warm hugs and they're also the best way to support a small business. You can connect with me, Mia Fileman, on Instagram or LinkedIn. And feel free to send me a message. I'm super friendly.